0: Hi, this is Randall with Business Partner Blueprint welcoming you back to another episode of the Blueprint Pros Podcast where we discuss how to land big corporate contracts and today I'm so wonderful I can't stand myself. I want to talk with you about business bias, what today means for the future of your business. So in order for you to have a good appreciation for this and this is not going to be one of those today is the first day of the rest of your life. Oh it's going to it's going to be kind of like that, but it's it's going to be that with a a little bit more impact. Cuz I'm going to ask you to check yourself. Now, y- y- you may not know, I was born in the 60s in Alabama. So, being the first of Dr. King's You know, I have a dream children, arguably second generation, most likely first generation since uh, he was assassinated shortly after I was born. I tend to have a slightly different view of racism than what you hear talking about today. You know, for me, racism was you couldn't go to an all-white school. My brother and I, along with another person, was the first three kids, uh, black kids, to integrate the all-white school where I grew up in Alabama. And you know, all black people lived on the other side of railroad tracks. And my grandfather and I actually used to um, step uh, off the street, let white women pass. I actually did sit in the back of the bus when I uh, walked with him. He took care of me while my mom was working. And I have a whole host of experiences around overt institutionalized racism, where there were policies policies in place based on the color of your skin. Yes, I've you know seen the whites-only colored fountains, and I've been into the back of the uh, restaurants because uh, black people weren't allowed to to um, to uh, go through the front door. And, and, and yes, I've even had you know what we called scraps, which was the leftovers from all the all the actual good food that the the restaurants actually used to sell to, to to black people. And so, you know, when I started thinking of racism, I really and truly started thinking of there were overt and covert policies in place because of the color of your skin. I recall growing up in Alabama where, you know, we oftentimes came in before dark primarily because it was good parenting right? you know, it wasn't really much I needed to do uh, under the age of 10 after dark. Um, You know, I should have been able to play for as long as I want to. But, you know, there was a, a prevailing fear, especially among black parents, that if you didn't come home before dark, you may never come home. So it was a very common practice that, you know, by the time the sun went down, Uh, black parents would call out and all of us kids knew to listen for our parents voice and we would be home. And that was that. If we did leave, there was strict accountability around where we're going to be, who we're going to be with, phone numbers where folks could be reached. And it was really and truly just that simple. So you know I'm talking about you know well over fifty years ago and and for a lot of us, the sixties and the seventies are reasonably undifferentiated a lot of that carried into the seventies, a lot of it, especially in the South carried over into the eighties. so you know it's kind of interesting when you start talking about doing business with large corporations, clearly here in corporate America. You look back thirty years ago and you can you 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 for good reason could say that the primary reason why a lot of us didn't get business was because we were women because we were black because we were hispanic because we were asian american because we were and because we were not white uh, because we were not white males let's be specific about this and interestingly enough in parts of the world other parts of the world it was just as true uh trying trying uh be a Chinese or Japanese woman trying to get a contract in those countries 30 years ago. In some cases, try and consider doing it today. Now, you might be saying, Okay, Randall, I get you, I get you, I get you. We all know yeah, the 60s, 70s, 80s were bad. We also know that you know, some some of that um uh, still exists today. And that's actually the conversation. This is this speaks to our bias. A lot of us had real experiences, and they color and they shape the world as we see it. And a lot of us hold on to it. You may hold on to it. Some days I hold on to it, but most days I let it go. Because I realize, uh, for me, especially being in business, I don't have the luxury of assuming yesterday is today, and today is tomorrow if i do i'm going to go out of business quickly and and i'm going to tell you why i have to be honest with you the vast majority of opportunity that i've gotten came from people that don't look like me if you ask me do i believe people are racist yes do you if you ask me um do i believe that uh, racists have helped me I would probably say yeah maybe but if you ask me do I personally know uh, racists that um, really and truly specifically headed out for me and they went and did things to totally sabotage me I would say I don't really recall a lot of that happening. I'm sure it did. But what I recall is people that looked at me, saw what I offered, my talents, my capabilities, and my skills. They saw that the system was unfair, and they helped me to break through. And I have more stories like that. And quite frankly, for a lot of uh, folks that I know, uh, that's true for them as well. They can point to specific white people that when they were in a crunch, Uh, These are the people who helped them. Generically, people are racist. Specifically, more people of different colors, different genders have been more helpful than not. And so that's kind of the situation we find ourselves in right now. We find that there are folks out there looking to help us, but we've got to meet them more than halfway. We can't assume that whoever is offering to help us, that their help isn't genuine, that their help isn't authentic, that their I mean, even if it is just their job, they're being measured on it. So the fact that they may go about their job with a bad attitude has nothing to do with whether or not it's their job or not. And if it's their job to help us get in for the benefit of the company, then that's what they're paid to do. They're honoring their paycheck. They're doing it um, to the best of their ability. And we have to understand that that's the olive branch that's been handed to us. And we have to take it. Now, I, I say this because I want you to kind of put this in perspective. As I was... Working with um, minority business owners when I was a buyer, even when I came across it as a a seller, and now I I come across it even more so in in, uh, 2018, coming up on 2019 as a a, um, trainer, coach, facilitator, uh, and small business owner. I hear so many people say, to this day, you know, they're not really serious about doing business with us. Or they'll say, they they're just paying lip service. We we we're not going to get the big opportunities. And I'm like, you know what? At this point, if you believe that, then that's probably true. I'm going to say it again. If you really and truly believe that, it's probably true. But I want you to know something. And 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 I want you to quit making excuses. There's a company in St. Louis that's um what at this point, about uh, $5.7 billion in sales. There's um, a company in Los Angeles, about $1.3 billion in sales. Black-owned. This is true. Women-owned. This is true. minority owned. The one in Los Angeles is woman-owned, uh, as well as black-owned. I mean, there are billion-dollar companies that are run by people that look like us. Diverse people. Non-white males. Okay? And, and I don't want to hear... They're the exception. I I don't want to hear, well, okay, yeah, that's just one. That's just one. That really isn't the point. Because it turns out, those are just the ones we know about. A lot of us have wanted to get ahead and succeed, not because of how we look, but because of what we can do, in which case we don't want to bring attention to the fact that we are Hispanic, Asian American, Indian American, Black American, African American, a woman. We just want to be able to compete based on our ability to make a difference. And so you go to different conferences right now you go to the uh, women in business enterprise networking council's uh, annual conference and you'll see 5 to 7000 different uh, women business owners they have some 13000 members you go to the national minority supplier De- uh, development council's annual meeting and you're going to see once again 3 to 5000 suppliers there and they have over 12000 members there's 25000 members of uh in these two these two groups alone. And so that's 25,000 companies that are actually pursuing corporate contracting just in the US. We're not talking Australia and the UK and any place else. And so you sit back and you go, well, hold on. Wait, 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 Randall. Are you telling me there are companies day in, day out that have uh, ownership that looks like me that are actually succeeding in corporate contracting absolutely that's what i'm telling you and i need for whatever bias that you had coming back from what other people have told with you what you've read into the in the press even to some extent your own personal ex- experiences because bad thing happened bad things happened i need you to overcome that let that go you really and truly in 2018 have to adopt the attitude that you know what I'm going to assume the best intentions. I'm going to be the best supplier I possibly can be. I will call out nonsense when it occurs because we have a responsibility to do that. But I'm not going to assume that nonsense, racism, sexism, uh, Islamophobia, everything else is the reason why my business didn't get the contract. I'm not going to, I'm not going, that's not my go-to excuse for why we lost a contract. I mean, it's so easy to do. Yeah, you know, they, they, they play golf together. Their kids play soccer together. They go to church together. They go to meetings. No, yeah, no, 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 no. I mean, the practical reality is, you know, a, a lot of people that are making the decisions right now, they grew up with our children their parents are in retirement. That old way of thinking is dying a slow death. And a lot of the people that did what they used to do 30 years ago, aren't even in place anymore. And quite frankly, the generation coming behind them, one, there's quite a bit of folks that look like you and me there. Um, Diversity and diversity and inclusion is a big issue. And most organizations right now and the issue becomes not that there's a that there's a desire to become more diverse and inclusive because you need um, uh, because you're trying to meet a goal. The business reason for diversion and inclusion is because you want people to think differently. If you keep going to people who you've always gone to, you're going to keep getting what you always got. So when you start bringing in people who have different life experiences, you get different input. You get different solutions. You come up with things that resonate with an even larger customer share because you're appealing to a new market, a new audience. In most cases, this is a market and audience that looks like you and me that have been overlooked for the longest, all right? And so you take that and you go, that also extends to the supply base. You have to go ahead and extend diversity and inclusion all the way to the supply base. If you are committed to getting the innovation and the solutions that your company needs to continue to grow and meet and exceed shareholder value. It's just that simple. I mean, my goodness, Sears. ...is about uh, done. Circuit City is done. Um, we're, we're watching Walmart trying to reinvent itself from what uh, Amazon and Whole Foods is done. <clears throat> We've seen Microsoft reinvent itself after Microsoft took out IBM and um, digital equipment company and a whole host of other folks we're we're just seeing left and right i mean my goodness what tesla is doing to a ford gm and of course who can say chrysler it's a fiat chrysler now the you know the the emphasis on fiat and so you 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 step back and you go okay all right there are um tens if not hundreds of thousands of diverse companies around the globe that are successfully selling into this market. So I can't say with any 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 accuracy or truthfulness or validity that the vast majority of the reason that you might not be getting a contract or I'm getting a contract is because we're diverse. That's just no longer true. For the most part. Don't sleep. It still occurs. As long as we have people, we're going to have is. We're going to have racist, sexist, um, you name it. Uh, we're going to have is and isms. Racism, sexism, take your pick. We're going to have both of those as long as there are people. I don't care how many generations we get from now. Uh, an interesting thing that I went through when I did diversity training back in the 80s was that diversity at that time talked about uh, 14 different dimensions of prejudice, it can come from, you know, whether you are bald or have hair. It can come from height. It can come from weight. It can come from education. It can come from race. It can come from religion. It can come from eye color. Uh, I mean, my goodness, there were so many different ways in which people could discriminate from against one another, and you know, actually hold them back. And it's like, you know what? I just can't keep up. I really can't. Because if it's not my if it's not my skin color, then maybe it's the fact that I'm bald. If it's not because I'm bald, maybe it's because I'm brown-eyed instead of blue-eyed. You know, uh, you know, maybe it's because uh, my my degree is not from you know whatever the the major state university is in whatever state I'm operating in. Okay, or it's not Ivy League, or it's not Oxford, or you know the Sarbonne, or whatever. All right, I can't keep up. What I can keep up with is does my company offer the best possible solution out there for my target customer base. That is within my control. And I can easily get in front of a um, open-minded customer, understand the challenges in their organization and help them to see how the solution I offer can help them accomplish their goals. I can do that day in day out. And I have enough organizational awareness and sophistication to help them help me. Because corporate relationships is never about the one person you're talking to. It's about the organization. Later on, we're going to have a conversation about large account management. And we're really going to um, draw open the curtain on what large account management means for corporate contracting and why that is a skill your company but must have. But if you are relying on one single person for the life of your contract, the life, the life, your, your contract life with one corporation, you're putting your business at risk. Very few things hinge on one individual in a corporation, which is why another topic we'll talk about is the illusion of the decision maker. But what I want you to take away from this today is that if you still uh, operate in the paradigm that um, a lot of what you experienced yesterday still dominates what's going on today and that it affects your expectation around tomorrow, it's time to let it go. Today is a new day. Uh, We got different people at the table. Decisions are being made in different ways. There's more opportunity for diverse businesses in 2018 than there's ever been. There's going to be more in 2019. There's going to be even more in 2020. And there's going to be even more in 2022, 2025, and 2030. And if we, if you, if I, if we don't change our mindset around uh, how to take advantage of this, we will be left behind. And I'm not going to let you be left behind. It's not going to happen. Not while you're listening to Blueprint Pros Podcast. And um, If you get with one of my programs, uh, we're not going to let that happen. You're going to understand what's going on in the business world, what opportunity looks like, what you need to do to craft the right solution to get to where you want to be, and how to reinvent your business every single year so that you're riding the crest of the wave and not um, taken under by the wave. That's our uh, topic for the day. Thanks for tuning in. I really appreciate it. Sorry for the rant, but this is a passionate topic for me. This is Randall Dobbins signing off Business Partner Blueprint Pros, or Blueprint Pros. Stay tuned for our next episode.